and welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast, sponsored by Carol Angley Florist, with myself, Stephen Nussbaum. And as always, I'm joined by my good friend, my South Stand chum, the bearded legend, the one and only, the daddy-o, it's Mr. Paul Levy. Thank you very much indeed. Hello everybody, welcome back. This is episode number 309, and just want to say as always, thanks to everyone who tuned into last week's show. They've been a bit hard to be producing the last few weeks, but finally... We've got a happy podcast to be able to put out there this week. Uh, as we talk about our win against uh, the Wim- Wombles of Wimbledon, ha. we beat them yesterday as we record today, Sunday. Uh, and also a roundup of the week's news that's been uh, been going on around the club. So without further ado, let's just crack on. And as always, we start with a word from our sponsors. We do. So our sponsors are Carol Langley Florist, who are an established business based in Chinkford, and they specialise in bespoke flowers sourced from the finest growers in the world. They can do anything from a simple thank you, tailored wedding event, bar mitzvah and even some very, very nice Valentine's Day packages and they offer 15% off to all O's fans and staff which could give you a massive saving and put you well in with your significant other. So to get in touch with John and their fantastic team of florists, you can call him on 0208 529 4130. You can find them on social media, they're on Twitter at Carol Langley E4, or you can find John at Twitter at Essex Biz. You can find the team on Instagram under Carol Langley Florist, and you can also find the team on Facebook at Carol Langley Florist. Like we said last week's show and this week's show, Valentine's Day is coming up, so get yourself down to Carol Langley Florist and get yourself a lovely 15% off Orient supporting bargain. Absolutely right there. Um, particularly as Valentine's Day is just around the corner. It, it is. is well worth making a note of their details. Supporters Club update for you. On Tuesday the 7th of Feb, we travel to Crew for a 7.45 kick-off. Departure is 1 o'clock. Adult fare for that is £40. Concessions 37 and children aged 15 or under travel for just £20. Then on Saturday the 11th, we travel to Walsall for a 3 o'clock kickoff. Coaches are leaving at 10 o'clock. The adult fare for that is £40. Concessions are 37 Children aged 15 or under are £20. There's a £3 surcharge for non-members and all children must travel with an adult. And remember, those prices don't include your match day ticket. So to book onto any of those trips, you need to now call the travel line, which is 07507. Five three nine five seven nine. Yeah, lovely. Done. We have a few bits of AOB on this week's podcast. First up, we've got two get well soon messages from us at Orient Outlook Podcast Towers. First up, Les OK52. Hope your wife is feeling better after you tweeted us yesterday saying you couldn't get to the match. Sorry you missed that one, but obviously it needs must. Uh, and you obviously made the right call out one. Secondly, Johnny Eppus, very sad to hear you broke your leg on Saturday. I hope it wasn't when George Moncur scored uh, uh, and you're jumping up in the north stand up and down. Anyway, from yourself, stand chums, Johnny, wishing you a swift recovery and hope to see you back on that football pitch sooner rather than later. Absolutely. Later. Won't be for a while. He's having an op tomorrow, so oh, we wish you well. So we'd also like to take a moment just to remember Simon Fellman, who passed away two years ago today, and obviously our condolences to the families of anybody else who's also sadly passed in the last couple of years. Nicely. Ever, really, but particularly poignant in the last couple of years. Yeah, absolutely. I think today marks the two-year anniversary in which we lost Simon, so feels apt to mention that one on this yeah. week's podcast. So the week that was then, happy Monday, the 30th of January, quiet day at the club, no news to report, Although, if you were on social media, you would have seen some rumours gathering pace, making a few O's fans very nervous about the upcoming transfer 
day deadline as we all went to bed Monday night hoping that it would be a quiet Tuesday morning. You should have just read what you should have read out what you put down. A few silly rumors. A few that's silly exactly rumors. What they were. Exactly <laughs> what they were. And for those that DM me, I told you that they were silly rumors, but you didn't listen. So let's move on then to transfer deadline day, which is to Huawei Tuesday, the thirty first of January. Mark Devlin had mentioned how close we were to our uh, to the financial fair play limit in our last podcast, and how he didn't expect that any incomings or outgoings. He was correct as there was no activity at the O's with nobody in and nobody out. So we discussed this in last week's podcast. Obviously, last week, the transfer window was still open, so we gave our views at that time. Obviously, nothing changed, but at the time, we didn't know that. Um, So I think it's probably worth a recap on our views of the transfer window. So, Mr. Lee, I think you really summed up very well last Sunday by saying, you know, not the end of the world. However, if you are trying to win... League Two, would you not push the boat out a bit more, have a better window? Are you still feeling feeling that way? Obviously now five days has passed. We obviously won yesterday, so we can mm. kind of look back and go, were we panicking over nothing? But you still got the same thoughts about that, what you had last week? I mean, week? look, hindsight might come back to bite me in the backside here. <laughs> yeah. um, but you, you can't have the benefit of hindsight at the time, obviously. I know that's a really obvious uh, thing to say. But on paper... The signing of McCart, yes, okay, is coming from a League One side, and and sadly, uh, who for me, sadly, is is the standout signing of of the four. Ed Turns was probably, arguably, a bit of a panic one because we just lost three yeah. three centre backs, and we just needed a left footed for balance across the back four. We needed a left footed uh, player, and I think Martin Ling has said has said it as well. Um, uh, on interview recently with the guys over at the Orient Hour as well about how they needed to adapt this whole window yep. to to fill in what went wrong at Northampton and, and how we lost three, I mean, unbelievably three players in one game. So that that's fair enough. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, McCart needs needs to play minutes. He's not getting in at Rotherham. He's come back from, he's had a bit of an injury hit season. Uh, Ed Turns is a youngster that's got no um, sort of proven path in, in uh, the men's game. Um, you've got Jordan Lydon, who's been injured, not really played for 11 months, needs to prove himself, maybe earn a contract mm. with us or somewhere else. Um, but there is a good player in there because Richie's had him at Swindon. So really, for me, sadly, a dropping out of Bolton, who arguably, for all intent and purposes, is really a you know, big club, a good solid yeah. club with a big budget and a big structure, would be the only standout signing. And like I said, at the time, like I said last week, you know, if if you're a promotion pushing, automatic promotion pushing team, not just a mid-table mm. standing team, um, really, you want to be pulling players from League One clubs in the last few months of their contract. Not suggesting we've got to go and throw loads of money at transfer fees because that doesn't always mean that you're going to get good yeah. quality. It just means you're <coughs> buying out the contract, forcing the selling club to sell. Really, because you're dangling a, you know, a carrot in front yeah. of them going, here's some money for that player. And they'd be like, all right then, he's out of contract or whatever. Um, so then, you know, other clubs in our league, slightly disproportionately with Colchester and Gillingham, which is what I think everyone seems to be in their minds, they've had to do that because they are in the mire. They are literally in a relegation fight. Gillingham are literally in that situation. Colchester are now slowly pulling away. So you can't really compare, but... You know, arguably they've done what we should be doing in a sense of just not loads. We don't need loads; just a sprinkling, like two or three. But then, like Martin said, it's been our window was affected by the fact that we needed to sort out our back line. So it's a swing and a roundabout, isn't it? Really, yeah. it's, it's a difficult one. 
I thought Martin Ling uh, came across really well, so I'm a bit loath to make, to go and plug other podcasts, but I, <laughs> I will do um, because the Orient Hour interview with Martin Ling was very good. I think we can all agree that Martin Ling div- still divides a lot of fan opinion. I, I recommend any Orient fan go and listen to that. Sometimes Martin doesn't come across the best as what he can do. I thought he came across in that really well. Yeah, he was really great. honest, really answered, gave some really astute answers. The only thing I found surprising about this transfer window and maybe as a football fan you don't think about it a lot, is that we know the budget increased in the summer and they kept putting it up to sign players. I think Nigel's been on our podcast and a few other interviews where he said, we reset the budget to bring in more players to get a better quality of player. They reset it three times is what I think Nigel said continuous times. As a fan, you go, that's brilliant. But also as a fan, you're not sitting there going, hang on a minute, if you keep raising the budget, you're going to raise it so high that when you might need to re-establish your team in January... You can't because you're hitting a limit of FFP. So I found the whole FFP talk, uh, which rose its head last Sunday with Mark Devlin, fairly surprising. And I didn't when we were interviewing at the time because like you're in the interview and you don't really think you don't take a step back whilst you're interviewing. But until that point, at no point had anyone from the club or any fans even thought, "Hey, wait a second, we maybe not signing anyone else because we are within FFP." And you can say. You need to shift out to get in. But at that point, you the only ones who you could shift out for big money are the players who you probably don't want to shift out at all. So Ling said that we had offers for Vigaru, which were very quickly rebuffed, which imagine had we sold Lawrence Vigaru in this window, we all would have gone ballistic. Imagine had we sold Portsmouth in this window, we all would have gone ballistic. So it was an interesting one. The FFP one's an interesting one because I hadn't looked at that club like that before. And obviously, you mentioned Colchester, and Ginningham, Ginningham just been taken over and the new guys just pumped loads of money into it, yeah. which is what you can do. And I'm surprised with the amount of investment that we've got, we haven't pumped in a couple more Gs, shall we say, into it. Because you've got investors for that reason significantly. So there's a reason why you've got Coley, Samaka, I think Kevin as well, and a few others around. Like They're there to pump money in. And I think if you were in January and you need to get a bit more money in, I don't know, we don't sit on these board calls, but I found that really interesting as an Orient fan because we haven't had to worry about money for, well, since Nigel and Kent have come in. It's never been, a, oh, we haven't got money to do this. It's always been, oh, we've reset the budget. We've upped the budget. So to hear him go, we can't do this now because of FFP was really interesting. One that I didn't think we'd be talking about. So, yeah, it's like you said, if we sit here now and you know slag off these four players who've come in and we win the league in May, then we're going to look like chumps. So yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. Like Ed Turns didn't get anyone excited. However, we'll talk about Ed Turns quite a lot. He was outstanding yesterday. yesterday it's true. McCart, who has come with a decent reputation, actually, he's probably been quite disappointing so far. He's already injured. So I don't know how much we're going to see McCart. I think Lydon is... Is it Lydon? It is Lydon. 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 Jordan Lydon, yeah. It's a no-brainer, right? Because he ain't, he ain't playing football. So as long as he proves his fitness and can play 55 minutes, 60 minutes every game to cover Prattley or El Mazzuni when they get injured or Moncur or Brown, probably kind of pays for himself really because he can't be on that much money. Bearing in mind that he wasn't attached to a football club. And Sadlia looks like a good player, like you said. Bolton fans say he's a good player. He just isn't a 3-5-2 player, which right. is what Bolton play. So, yeah, really interesting points there. So off the back of that... Um, I feel like I'm much happier with it today than what I was this time last yeah. Sunday, bearing the, the performance that we saw yesterday. But 
it's like we said before, this is a weekly podcast, so all we can do is react on a weekly basis and not on a more long-term basis because we don't do a podcast Once 12 a times four. a year. Yeah. yeah. So really interesting. So off the back of that, and because we have such an engaging uh, fan base of followers on social media, we thought we'd do a few Twitter polls, which are always interesting to gauge uh, reactions. So we thought we'd do two. The first one we asked was about the January transfer window. Asked, how happy are you with the transfer activity at LOFC over the month. So we put a two-day limit on this, 48 hours. We've got 573 votes on this one, which was a full, quite a decent, decent number yeah. of votes. 3% said they were very happy. 17% said they were very unhappy. And then 38% of you said you were happy, with unhappy slightly shading it at 42%. So quite a close one. Uh, and you can see there, with what, almost 80% of the vote between happy and unhappy and quite a close run mm. finger 42 against so between so between happy and unhappy you've got 41% that were either happy or very happy and 59% either very unhappy or unhappy so a very split fan base 59% yeah the uh, unhappy uh, mob um, definitely taking the lion's share of the votes there but Speno011 tweeted in and said very underwhelming all we needed was that one statement signing a striker which would have lifted the whole club but injuries at the back had sidetracked our business this window. So I appreciate why this window wasn't exciting. Now is the time to cheer this squad to promotion. Great Yeah, tweet. good one. Good Twitter handle. Leighton Orion. I don't know how he got this Twitter handle. Said, signings look okay. Can't <laughs> expect them to bed in immediately. Lot of people complaining we need a striker. But the players we have were doing the job early in the season. If they are not scoring now, it's because they aren't getting the service. And hopefully, the new guys will fix that. Les LK52 said, Compared to other teams in League 2, it's a disaster. We were close to the FFP limit, apparently. Yet, other teams like Gillingham spending like money's going out of fashion. I'm calling it now. We'll end up in the playoffs. Yeah, Vince Howard, 73, said, I'm happy as with our position. I totally expected at least Paul Smith would be moving on. If we had decent offers, the board should be applauded that they stuck to the plan for promotion and not jump at cashing in. Jake Murphy, yeah, Jake Murphy Media said it's all a waiting game. If sadly at McCart and Leiden get better each game as fitness improves and the results revert to how they were pre-January, then I'd say it's good. If in four or five games' time we're in the same boat, then it's poor. Yeah, it's a bit like what you were saying. You can only call it as you see, as you see it. it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Gary Talbot Seven said we've showed zero ambition in this window. Not happy at all. Linda Brogan said, I question the quality of most lower league players available in January wind in the January window. It's a rare diamond to get one everyone is happy with. More importantly, we didn't let any of the key players go. Push on for promotion now. It's in our hands and we desperately need to get back to winning ways, which is another great point. Like There's just the dross that's around generally. So you don't want to go out and fill your squad and run all your budget into rubbish players that aren't going to add value. Yeah. Really good point there. Well done, uh, Linda, on that one. That's followed by Karen Orient, who said, I get the priorities changed after Northampton, but didn't stand in centre-back's performances against Doncaster. Showed probably only one centre-back was needed, with Beckles due back, which would have left enough in the financial fair play budget for a goal-scoring forward. Anyway, not our call. And in Super Richie Wellens, we trust. Hashtag, we need goals. That's a really good point as well there from, um, from Karen, in terms of... With Beckles coming back, with Adam Thompson, could you got away with only signing one centre-back, which yes. would have left you another position to bring in yes. that centre-forward who you're all craving. So, very good point there from Cameron. But it's not a centre-forward that we need. We need a player to supply yeah. the centre-forwards that we've got because we've got Drinnen, we've got Wareham, um, um, we've got Drinnen, we've got Kelman, we've got Soteriu, who can score, 
They just need the service, and that's what's dried up. Uh, for me, that's that's the problem as I see it. Dave Brew four seven nine seven six nine double one said, "I think the goalposts change after the Northampton game. Happy and Ogie injured, and Beckles three game suspension meant we had to bring in the central defenders. That said, we put ourselves into a good position, and now we need to recapture our mojo. We need the big players to step up now. Great, great. Yeah, to yeah. That. Some really good points coming in uh, on this one. Andy Wobbs. So not sure why lots of people think signing lots of players equals a good transfer window, but I think we strengthened." where we needed to and dealt with the centre-back situation as well as we could have done. Players need time to gel and we get back on track. Confidence the moment we score a goal again. Another good tweet there. There, Billy Carroll GB said, given the window our rivals have had, ours was dreadful. Sadly, as a good signing. Leiden will be good if fit. Don't think we really needed two centre-backs in. Could have got away, sorry, could have got by with one. Desperately needed a striker and failed to bring one in. Needed a number 10 and failed to bring one in. I think, sadly, I will play as the 10 win you see a fit Paul Smith on the left-hand side. So that means no Monker? Possibly. Because you've got Smith and Or, or it gives you a big opportunity to kind of start messing around and resting players here and there and be able to pick players on form. Because at the shot. moment, you play essentially the same because you're restricted by injury. So, interesting. Jay Harrison, WLR, said it is far too early to judge a standard of recruitment. If this was the real world, these lads would still be on probation. The impatience of some fans is boggling trust the process and back the lads John Crab 3 said clearly we're out at our FFP limit and therefore didn't sort out our weaknesses which begs the question which players are we overpaying staggering thought considering the quality transfers throughout League 2 this January yeah I mean you don't get players like Lawrence Vigoro signing two year deals you don't get managers like Richie Wennings you don't get uh, your George Monkers and Paul Smith by not paying the upper echelons of League 2 Wages. In yeah. some case, I'd even argue some of those players are probably on a League One wage to get them. I agree. So, with that, it means obviously you haven't, you haven't got that cash to splash around on others. And a George Moncur would equal probably two Stevenage signings or some of their signings equals two of that. So, but they've got a wealthy owner as well. Now, yeah, so absolutely, absolutely. But you know, you can't have all you can't have these great players, yeah. and players playing below their level forever if, forever yeah. on, on, on cheap League 2 money so some really good points with that one we also asked uh, on Twitter now the January transfer window is over where do you think the O's will finish in League 2 this season slightly less votes though on this one but we still had 385 votes so nothing to be sniffed at 80% of you thought the O's would finish outside the playoffs that would be an absolute disaster that would be a disaster 10% thought only 10% actually thought the O's would finish as champions, mm-hmm. 26% thought the O's would finish in the playoffs, so mm-hmm. between the 4th and 7th, with the majority, 56%, thinking the O's would finish in an automatic promotion place, so either 2nd or 3rd. That's quite interesting there. Mm. Yeah, that but one. the majority think we will go up at some point, so 64%, uh, sorry, 50, 66% think we'll be 1st, 2nd or 3rd, like as an overall vote. Interesting to ask that one again now. Because I think you'd see a higher swing maybe on champions and maybe more going into automatic promotion based on yesterday. So are, you saying, are you saying our supporters are fickle? I'm saying we're fickle, maybe. <laughs> Luxford C tweeted us after this and said, I think the form from the first half of the season will return and we will still finish in the top three. But unless Stevenage have a similar downturn, then the title looks like it's out of reach. And that's a fair point. They haven't really had a wobble. Um, or a mini crisis, as I've alluded to. So that may still come, and it may come towards sort of Easter time, because it happens for some clubs that are in playoffs. They have a wobble around Easter, 
um, and going into the latter part of the season, which makes it a really nervy end to the season. So we've had our, our wobble now, and hopefully now we're done and we're not in choppy seas anymore, whereas others may still be steam steamrolling straight into that. I'm telling you, Stevenage will have a wobble. Steve Evans got booked yesterday and his assistant manager got booked for yeah, having, having a go. Uh, they will definitely so wobble at some time. So mm. did Richie at Eaton underscore rifle said, right now, I can't see a top three finish. I just don't see where the goals are going to come from. Let's hope Richie can work some magic and put us back on the front foot. Emmy Baker 2001 said, teams that are on the up have recruited strongly. We haven't done much and are just hoping... The early season form or magic comes back. It's a massive gamble. Yeah, new Twitter handle for me, Knots79. So I think we will be in the top three. Don't mind not being champions. Brings too much expectation. I think this is just an unfortunate January slump with a few injuries. I 1,000% trust Richie and our boys. The underscore leech, you said, we will not win the league as other teams have found good form as we stumble at a vital time. However, I think we'll resurrect our form to something decent again with the quality, the player quality we have. We should finish third. Orient Boy said, basically, in my opinion, we need 24 points, which would take us to 81. All that is eight wins or six winners and six draws. We've got 18 games left to play. We've got Hartlepool, Rochdale, Harrogate, Crawley, Crew twice. Leaves us... Four wins from 12 games if we win those games. Form is temporary, but class is permanent over to the players. So that's some really good, interesting um, points Views there. Well, I'm there. glad we've done that. Yeah, absolutely. Always interesting to see uh, and hear what other people think. There were three games in League 2 on Tuesday night as fourth place Carlisle beat Barrow 5-1 to jump into third place, meaning we are now eight points ahead of Northampton who had slipped into fourth that they've got a game in hand as the gap between us and the playoff-placed teams continues to get smaller. playoff place Salford beat Walsall 1-0 to keep the pressure on the automatic places as well. They're trying to claw their way into the top three to go up automatically. Wouldn't that be a coincidence if they managed to do that, say, last game of the oh, season or something, and we go up with them? Absolutely. I, I don't care who comes up with us. Just as no, I don't. As long as we... Just not Carlisle. Ha, we'll see what happens Wednesday the 1st of February then the morning after the night before no wins or outs like we said quiet day at the club followed I guess to the relief of everyone there were some pretty yeah. sheepish people on social media on the Wednesday morning yeah. shying away from it but no absolutely. surprise absolutely absolutely all that silliness Thursday the 2nd of February the PFA Professional Footballers Association announced that Orient defender Omar Beckles had been elected as the, their new chair uh, which is an absolutely amazing thing. It's, I think that's a massive, uh, high-profile role, Very number much. one. Number two, huge responsibility. Well done, Omar Beckles. He's well done. Um, done some amazing work uh, out and about in, in the, the community. community. Very high-profile position. Like you said, obviously that's been relinquished by John Massinio, who has gone to Portsmouth as their new manager. So that's how that's come about. So good luck to Omar. They were talking about it on the Football League show um, yesterday and it obviously had lots of press uh, around it. So uh, yeah. all we can say is well done, Omar. Great ambassador for the football club. Yeah. Great to see. So Friday, the 3rd of February, quiet day at the club again. They did put out a Richie Wellens interview in which he revealed that Paul Smith would be missing for the upcoming AFC Wimbledon match. But he did mention that Aaron Drynan and Shad Ogie would be returning to the squad as once again... Richie let out a rallying cry to supporters to get behind the team and make Brisbane Road as noisy as we possibly could. 
Saturday the 4th of February, the Young O's were in action away at Crystal Palace in a friendly match. Unfortunately, the Young O's lost 7-1 with Zach Obiero scoring the only goal for the O's in the 25th minute. And that's nothing to be sniffed at because the Palace Academy is an extremely strong one that's churning out some good players. So uh, hold your heads high, lads, and uh, yeah, on to the next one. Yeah, main event, AFC Wimbledon at home as we all were getting excited about this one bit of a grudge match um, in the week definitely of the build up to it yeah. big bite to it Harry Pell was on uh, having a go at our social media team for some stats that were apparently incorrect there was uh, lots of trolling fellow fans along the way before yeah. the game though we ran a Twitter poll to find out how you thought the O's would get on in this one we had 328 votes which again isn't a bad number at all uh, with 22% thinking this game would end in a draw 27% thinking the O's would lose this one, and a majority, 51%, thinking the O's would be victorious. So, as always, a massive thank you for all of your votes in this one. Yeah, so at two o'clock, the team was announced. Lawrence Vigoru in goal, Hunt, Beckles, Turns, and Sweeney across the back four with El Mazzuni, Leiden, Moncur, Archibald, Sadlier, and Kelman to complete that lineup. Substitutes for this one uh, Byrne, James, Ogie, Thompson, Clay, Satiriu. And Drynan. Yeah, that meant there were three changes for the O's. As in came Ed Turns, Jaden Sweeney and Idris Elmazuni. As Tom James dropped to the bench, Jamie McCart and Darren Prattley missed out through Knox. Paul Smith completely missed out, as Richie alluded to in his interview the day before. Whilst Harry, Harry Smith was not even in the squad. No. Mr Bearded Legenda, your views on that one? Wasn't the starting eleven I expected. Um, done me a bit there with some of the inclusions. Why is Tom James on the bench... Uh, and not starting. Obviously, these notes are noted at Two the time. Yep. Um, why is Ed Turns in ahead of Adam Thompson? I've got nothing against Ed Turns at all. I just think you go for the experienced head. Adam Thompson is a quality centre-back in my head, in my mind. Um, and it perplexed... It, I wrote it. I made a note that it perplexes me that when you're in need of Thompson's ability and expertise, he's sat on the bench, keeping the bench warm, which isn't great. Uh, Smith out for a couple of weeks, so... Uh, is what I've heard, and, and why is Harry Smith not even in the squad? Against this team, he's exactly the type of player I think that you, you need in the squad, even just to bring him off the bench the last 15, 20 minutes. Let's see what this game turns out like, but I'm slightly baffled by some of the decisions, but obviously I'm not privy to to the knowledge that Richie has about who's gone on and what's gone on and why it's gone on. Yeah, obviously, you know, like you said, you write that at the time. Richie does answer some of your questions uh, in his post-match interview. For me, yeah, quite a few changes. I expected a few changes because Richie said like we had a few injuries, um, but obviously didn't allude to who else was out. So I knew it would be a bit of a um, different lineup. Got a feel for Adam Thompson, like you said. When I saw the team, I thought, oh, Thompson must be injured. And then when I saw his name on the bench, I thought, oh, that's mm. weird. He's not. I would, I would imagine he'd be in the starting eleven. Unless he's got a slight knock that he's just recovering from that he's a bit sore on, which I think I think maybe Richie did say that, something along those sorts mm. of lines maybe. I'm not sure. But I don't know. If if he's not injured, then why is he not starting? Yeah. Right footed at left back, it's fine. Like he'll cope. He's experienced enough to cope. He can play at right back. I'm sure he's all right at left centre back. Yeah. Uh, I was also excited to see Sadlia. Obviously yeah. he's got a bit more time with the team, had a week of training. I was excited to see Sadlia. Harry Smith I put just replaced by Drynan question mark. Or is there more to it? So we will see what happens on that one. It's fair to say, 2pm, lots of views came into us or an Outlook podcast tower. Was Matty, LOFC Evans, said, loving this lineup. Sweeney gets his chance. El is back. 
positive from me. Two great points there. Wadsy said, Thompson for turn, surely. What's he done wrong? Yeah, good point there. Lovely to see you smiling at the yeah. full-time whistle yesterday, uh, Adam, in the south stand. Kid Sampson, oh, so I hate that Adam Thompson isn't starting. Turns mm. and Sweeney, as the duo on the left-hand side of the defence, sounds like a recipe for disaster against a fast, physical, long-ball team. Disappointed in Krumah. Still can't make the bench, considering the appalling form of our forwards. That's a really good tweet, actually. I was, before the match, I said I'm a bit concerned about the youngness or inexperience of Sweeney and Turns playing against a big physical team who are obviously going to lump it up there and look for their tall big men to win the knockdowns. Good point there. So I was feeling a bit like Kid Samson, though. And a good point about Dan and Krumah. Obviously mm-hmm. got recalled from his loan spell mm-hmm. at Welling. Mm-hmm. He's not even on the bench. Mm. So you might as well send him back to Welling, really. Now that Dryland's fit again, Satiri's fit again, Kelman, you've got three forwards. I can't see Nkrumah, in all honesty, replacing any of those unless one of them gets injured. You might as well send a kid back out on Welling and let him get some decent football. Yeah, absolutely. And he'll supply Kirill Lisby and uh, George Alexander, Gary's son. So, yeah, good point. Uh, there's some talent in, in that squad there. S. Leela1990 said, Not confident. I hope they surprise me. Rob Ben5980 4615 said, The back four. Doesn't fill me with hope. Yeah, Trousers Techno said, given that in-your-face style of the Dons, this lineup looks a little shaky and perhaps inexperienced. Yeah, Phil Veezy once. Views from the club dining room today. Doubts expressed on the selection. Would prefer Thompson in this lineup. Just had a pep talk from Dan Prattley. Come on, Orient. DeWard underscore seven finishes off by saying that that lineup looks like a losing one to me. I sincerely hope I'm wrong. Yeah, so the match kicked off in front of a packed house on E10 and straight from kickoff, Rob Hunt gave away a free kick to the right of that box, which came in and came to nothing. Thankfully, yeah, the atmosphere was electric and Kieran sadly won a corner from which he found George Monker on the edge of the box. His volley was easily caught by Zanev uh, with just three minutes on the clock, so started brightly. Good corner, that one. Monker hit that sweetly, but it was straight at um, yeah. Zanev in goal. Uh, six minutes gone in. Idris Elmazuni, back from suspension, was judged to have fouled Harry Pell from about 25 yards out. We cleared the resulting free kick. Pell is massive and was obviously out to antagonise the Orient fans from a very early point in the game. Like was literally just standing in front of the South Stand goal, like, in just, the just hanging around. Yeah. Oh, was that in the first half? Oh, sorry, sorry, first half. In the yeah. second half. In the first half, sorry. Yeah, yeah. He knew what he was doing, but like you said, when they play for you, you love those type of players. Correct. And when they play against you, you absolutely love to hate, hate them. them. Yeah, the absolute pantomime villain. Yeah. Um, and it's a shame that that effort didn't go in from uh, Monker because what it would have done is it would have killed them doing any of their uh, unsporting yeah, tactics because they were would have been a goal behind, which is what we were all saying, is that it would have been good to have yeah. got an early goal. Um, first 15 minutes for me I, I made a note far too much sideways and backwards passing the, this arch that they play across the back line from right back to left back and back across and into Idris who comes out and passes it to the left back who goes so far gets a nosebleed comes back goes along the back line again it's just Far too laboured for me, but 17 minutes on the clock, Theo Archibald was fouled in the build-up that ended up seeing Kieran Sadlier fire a shot at goal, which was palmed away for a corner by Sanev. Yeah, good little move there. Unlucky Kieran. Let's go to the 30th minute. And the game did calm down. There was a break in play due to Bala being down. He had to be replaced by ex-Tottenham man, Chris Gunter, Welsh international. I think. Yeah, 36 minutes on the clock. Chislett went down on the edge of the box. Jaden Sweeney 
went into the referee's book from which the free kick from Brown was poor. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that was one where the uh, ref blew first and the linesman made exactly the same decision about four seconds after. There was a few like that where terrible. the ref made the call and then the linesman shadowed the call a slightly lot. after. I think that was a bit harsh on Swindon. And yeah. I just made a note that while they were while Vigaru was trying to set his wall up, Harry Pell was literally stood right on Vigaru's toes, blocking his sight. When he got moved on, there was another lad that was also... St- um, the striker with the funky pair Davison. Davison. That, yeah. That's from a later free kick. Uh, oh, was I was it? I think that's from another one coming oh. up in our plan. So, at 38 minutes, uh, the Impel almost got into a fracas with Wellens, who wanted to hold the ball. Wellens ended up getting a bit uh, agitated. Look, ref talked to him, then left, then came back to him, talked to him, and ended up booking Super Richie Wellens. How dare he? How dare he? Doesn't he know who he is? 39 minutes on the clock. We won a corner thanks to Kieran. Sadly, a Wimbledon then ended up counter-attacking us at pace, but Lawrence Vigaru made a save from Al Hamidi at Theo Archibald, tied it up the loose ball. That was great, because that's on the highlights, and I watched that, and Theo nudges his man out the way, and what that then does is it created space that he was then able to be available to then clear that ball. If if uh, very clever from from the, very clever from Theo Archibald there. If he hadn't have done that, yeah, it's highly likely that that he wouldn't have got that and they may have scored from it. He didn't. It's a moot point. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I'm just noting that that was very clever and like well done to Theo for kind of beating them at their own game. Yeah, absolutely. Which is what you got to do. Yeah, and he was very subtle about it. Like he was on Pell, he was on their their right sided player as well, giving them a little bit like in the ear and all that kind of stuff. And like like you say, love to see it when it's un- yeah. happening for you, but not when it's going against you. Yeah, he loves it. Two minutes of added time were played out, nothing further to report, and the ref brought the half to a close as the sides went in goalless half time. They did. The attendance was announced at eight thousand six hundred and thirty nine. That's a pretty bumper crowd. 1,245 packed out the away end and they made themselves a bit noisy yeah, as well. Yeah, they did, as you, as you would expect for a big game uh, for them coming to the league leaders, the massive Leighton Orient. <laughs> so you made a few points, I think, for the yeah, half-time. Yeah, mu- much better, I think, the first half from us. Uh, once we settled in, we, we had high energy, we were at it more. Probably the best first half I've seen in, in several games. Terrible sportsmanship from Wimbledon, feigning head injuries, complaining to the ref about absolutely everything. Made, made it a bit unenjoyable. I just wonder what they'd be like if they actually stopped all that and actually play football yeah I think a, a point I think you've not mentioned is the crowd well behind the team but I think that was down to the performance and the commitment Correct. in the first half obviously the better the team play the more design and passion they show the more the fans will get behind them and that yeah. felt it felt like a bit of a two way street much more two way street in the first half and throughout the whole game yesterday I know Marshall Taylor's tweeted about the crowd being twilight about quiet Richie's mentioned it in a few post-match and pre-matches but I think you know we saw the team battle for the shirt yesterday they weren't going to uh, just lie down to Wimbledon's tactics and Pell's tactics and I thought we could see that and we wanted to beat Wimbledon so I thought that really rubbed off on the crowd where's all this kind of fan finger pointing for want of a better expression come from in the sense that we're not a 60,000 crowd so like we're, there's only sort of eight thousand packed into the ground, which you know, arguably with the lower roofs on the on the stands and whatnot, arguably you can generate more sound. Um, but if they give us something to cheer about, then there's something to cheer about. Like when we like no fans really in the UK sing for a whole ninety minutes. There are times where it's quiet. It's like where what do they? What's expect? Like have I, have I missed something? I don't know. I mean, you obviously you watch the Premier League, and obviously they're very loud. 
There was a clip going around today, Sheffield Wednesday, yeah. that Luke has put out, which I think is a good idea, actually, of Orient playing a song Before. specific, though, to Orient. And there's a lot of yeah. fan feedback on that. Great idea from the club. You've got to make it around an Orient song, though, because you can't be doing High Hope Silver Lining because it's attributed to Sheffield Wednesday. You can't do Sweet Caroline, it's boxing. If you find a perfect Orient song to do it, then that's a great idea. But yeah, you're right. And I mentioned this about three or four weeks ago. Anyone sitting on that director's... Uh, balcony and we've been lucky enough to sit there it's a great view you can't hear anything from up there you can only hear it if it's rocking it seems very quiet there anytime a director wants to come down sit in the south stand sit in the east sit in the north actually it's probably going to be very quiet in the north or the west uh, or the east however come and sit down and you you might have a different appreciation of, of, of what is trying to happen within the crowd you're not going to get 6,000 Orient fans and all 6,000 Orient fans are going to sing a song for you. It's right. just a certain percentage yeah. of the crowd. So please, uh, you know, if you need any help with that, come and come and sit with us. We'd love to uh, entertain you. So, half-time, everyone's looking forward to the second half. They were attacking the South Stand, which is always impetus for us. No changes for the team. Uh, some nice build-up play in the 49th minute. Saw a Jaden Sweeney shot blocked. Came out to the Archibald. He had a shot. Wasn't enough power on it and easy for the keeper to collect. Absolutely. Jaden, uh, first Orient subs as Craig Clay replaced Jordan Lydon and Jaden Sweeney was replaced by Tom James. Made sense. Thought both of those players were doing okay. Lydon, obviously, is only playing his second full game, so obviously needs rest, puffing out of his uh, cheeks, I think is the uh, polite phrase to say. Jaden Sweeney, I thought, actually done really well, was on a booking. And just before that, conceded a free kick. And I think that was a destroyer, which he went, actually, they're going to target him here. I'm going to take him off just yeah. in case sensible. he concedes enough. Very sensible. And like you say, you're bringing Tom James on and Craig Clay. Decent substitutions for those positions. Absolutely right. And I also think we what we haven't mentioned is that Jaden Sweeney was our outlet from goal kicks from Lawrence Vigaru. Great point. And he was winning all of his headers against their man and he was very solid. Great point. Like in the literally in the very first minute he's he's got down the left hand side, got to the byline and put a cross in. Jaden Sweeney has had a great fifty two minutes of football. Really in good. my opinion. Had he played longer He's probably he up the yellow card. He's probably up for hero of the week. Had he been a bit more, played more football in that game. Yeah. Had he done like a ninety minute or a seventy minute. In fact, he's only done fifty two minutes, and there were other performances over the whole ninety. I think he was unlucky to yeah. not get nominated by us. But I thought he was that yellow card. That especially him. that first half, they kept looking. Viggs especially kept looking for that same ball yeah. onto his head because they knew they had the beating of his right. Of his right back, and he gets up really high. He's a good yeah, really jumper, good. and he reads the game well. And he's strong, and he's athletic. He's quick. It's very exciting. Yeah, really exciting. Yeah, good point, Neff. Fifty-four. Fifty-four. Huge chance for AFC Wimbledon. Ball from the left was played over the top. Tom James completely misjudged the flight of it, and suddenly Chislet was in one v one with Lance Vigaru. And as we all held our breath in the south stand, thankfully. Chislet basically smacked it over the bar. Don't know how he done that. Awful finish, but a huge sigh of relief. Thank God for that. What a glorious miss that is. He absolutely should have buried that. And uh, yeah, hopefully that doesn't happen to us again. If that went in, they would have been so loud. Our heads would have gone down. It would have been a huge pressure cooker. They would have exploded. Thankfully, they missed that. Two minutes later, they had another chance. Just as equally as good, I'd say. Ball came out to Al Hamadi. He had some time and space. And again, he sent his effort well high and wide. If you're Johnny Jackson, literally first thing I'd be doing my players tomorrow morning is shooting, shooting practice. Because yeah. they got into some good positions. 
and didn't even test Vigoru from any of them. Yeah. Just all off target. Thank God. Yeah. 58 minutes, there was a break in play as Theo Archibald seemed badly hurt. After shielding the ball out, he was um, shoved into the side hoardings, the advertising hoardings. Uh, it was Davison doing that. Richie says it was nothing malicious, but I mean, you don't shove the guy when he's trying to do that. I don't think it was malicious, but I think the, the speed he was going at and how close he was running to the byline, his momentum just takes him into it. Thankfully, like when he first went down, he kind of looked re- he looked like he was in agony and he was looked really frustrated. He was like banging the side panel, like something really bad had happened. So I was quite relieved to see him get up and continue the game because at first four it looked like a really bad one yeah. so very relieved that he was back up and able to play and five minutes later Brisbane Road erupted as the O's took the lead some nice link up play saw Tom James find George Monco in the box he danced through with his sweet uh, fast footed feet from a very tight angle fired the ball into the far post at the back of the net beat Zanef to make it 1-0 to the Orient. Yeah, not quite sure how that's gone in, but I'm so grateful that it has gone in. Um, with his weaker right foot, he shot that with as well. Fantastic goal, good build-up play, good patient build-up play. He's just like, we need to see more of that from George. He has got unbelievable feet. Like, unbelievably good feet. His balance, his, his distribu- like the way he distributes his weight to, to go one way or the other, or move, or da- just dance his way past tackles, he, he, he keeps the ball at his feet, it's almost like they're magnetically the ball is magnetically attracted to his feet in some way, shape or form he's so good at that, we just need we haven't seen enough of that from him through the last 27, 28 29 games, so yeah, absolutely great goal, it was, and, and much needed as well that, that tension release. It was looking lively, he was making some clever runs in the first half that weren't getting picked up at points getting himself yeah. into good positions, and the goal yeah, great control from Tom James, and his first kind of touch gives him a bit of an opening, and he does really well and a great finish there just what he needed and hopefully that reinvigorates his season but like you said need to see it more yeah. from him now and hopefully yeah. that's the catalyst um, around him and I think you could feel the rel- when that went in it was just like an outlet of relief like you could yeah. see it in the players faces the way they all kind of congratulate each other and you could you could feel it in the crowd as well so it's not only on the pitch you could see it you could feel it within the south stand that kind of got the whole crowd even more up for it as Rishi Wenner's chance started and basically kept going it felt like a massive outlet there and it felt like once we run up I don't know how you felt I felt I, I felt I couldn't see Wimbledon equalising once mm. we'd gone one up um, so really good shortly after our second double sub as Ralph Satouille came on to replace Charlie Kelman and Aaron Dryden came on to replace Theo Archibald yeah those subs made perfect sense to me yeah good turns subs. out they were very good subs 67 minutes on the clock and our fifth and final sub as Adam Thompson came on to replace Rob Hunt, who appeared to have picked up a slight injury. Yeah, hope he is okay. Like I said, Adam Thompson came on. He can play right back. We're very lucky to have an adaptable player like Adam Thompson. Skip forward into the 78th minute. Karen Sadlier got booked for having a shot after the referee had flagged him for being offside. Even at this part, like Wimbledon aren't peppering our box. It's fairly comfortable. Yeah. Absolutely right. 83 minutes of good move from Wimbledon. Saw Jair Simi um, have time in the box to have a dig, but super sub Adam Thompson, sorry, to have a shot, but super sub Adam Thompson made a goal-saving defensive header, clearing the ball off the line. Question of being in the right place at the right time. Amazing. The ball came out to him and everyone exhaled, inhaled, yeah. sorry, waiting for it. And Adam Thompson from nowhere yeah. calls a cucumber. Like you could, You've seen defenders literally like dive at the ball and give away silly penalties yeah. and get themselves a red card. Head on it, fantastic. Well played there. 
Adam Thompson. So let's skip in 90 minutes, six minutes of added time went up on the board. In the first minute, we counter-attacked George Monkers at Rusatou, whose shot was fumbled by Zanef, went out for a corner, but came to nothing. Uh, it did, and then in the second minute of added time, Davison had an effort from the edge of the box, but he couldn't keep his effort down. Yeah, again, they just couldn't hit the target, but great for us. No further talking points in this one as the ref brought the match to a close as the O's got back to winning ways, rocking all over the world, blared out around Brisbane Road as the team and management staff took their lap of honour and chance of Richie Wellens. When our army echoed across the ground. So Dave Victor spoke to Richie Wellens after the game. We're only going to play a little piece, a little snippet of this, where Richie talks about the game and gives a good update on those missing players yesterday. So here's what Richie Wellens had to say to Dave Victor. I've injured, you know, could miss a, uh, some important games. So can I ask first about um, Paul Smith? Uh, yes, much he's, he's progressing okay. Um, he'll be touching goal for Walsall, but he'll he'll be near near. You know, next weekend he'll be near enough. He's just if we risk him or not. Darren Prattley? Uh, Pratt's is, listen. Pratt wants wants to play. He's injured, but he still wants to play. He still wants to train. So um, I would imagine Pratt's will be will be good for Walsall. McCarthy's crew, but McCarthy will be a little bit longer. Probably the 10 days, the game after Walsall, he should be okay. Harry Smith wasn't on the bench. Is that because you've got competition now? No, it's not that we've got competition. We've got injuries in the squad and we need to pick a squad to... to um, you know, we, we've, we've got people that have not trained all week. You know, So the reason why Tom James has come out today is because he's got a niggle on his knee and he's not trained all week. Tom all the same. We sent him for a scan on his hamstring. Um, the, the, the scan has come back really clear. So he was happy to put him on the bench. But we just don't want to take any risks we've played. We've got a really, really good squad. So at the moment, we're not taking no risks. We want, we want, if we can get to 16, 17 games left and we have a fully fit squad, then we're in a really good position. And Theo Archibald, is he OK? Because he took quite a clatter into the advertising. <laughs> yeah, he's fine. Board. I mean, he's just one of them things. I don't think the lad maliciously done him. He just stretched into to keep it in. The lad just nudged him into the, into the advertisement boards. But I don't think there was anything malicious in it. It's crew next. And, of course, they beat the O's in the cup. Yeah, but, again, it's a long time ago. Um, it was... Um, I think we made quite quite a few changes to, to that game. And for the first 70 minutes, we should have been three or four up. Didn't happen for us, and we conceded in the last minute. So, um and we want to reverse that, that scoreline so um, today will go a long way just to get people's confidence back up but again I'm a, I'm a big so in the last four or five games we've been apart from Stevenage where you know we were miles off it when you turn up to a football match even if you work hard if you're just that 5% off really really working hard you know the game can go away from you we could have lost that game no, because I think no, I think Wimbledon are a really really good team they're really really good at what they do and they can go on a run where they can pick up pick up really good results but that could have gone against us but when you when you go that 5% extra when you dedicate and work then you get that little moment to look and it's not it is luck but the fact that Tom always worked hard to get in a position and clear it off the line the fact that Monks does that little bit of magic and he's facing forward allows to get in the shot off I just think in recent weeks it's um, we've just been you know at 95% and we've not been full throttle in terms of our work rate and our intensity to play forward and run forward Finally. So that was Richie Wenning talking to Dave Victor there. So again, he did mention that Tomo uh, they didn't want to take any risks with, so that explains that one to me. I didn't pick up on that. Uh, but it was really kind of summed up well there. If we can get to the last, what, 16, 17 games of having a fully fit squad, it puts them into a great mm. position for the final run. And so hopefully that happens there. And we all knew that we were going to get injuries and suspensions at some point. It's just a shame it's just happened in one lump, in one go, rather than sort yeah. of drip, drip thread throughout the... 
the course of the season. But it is what it is. Absolutely. Yeah. So the league table then, that win that sees us top of League Two, played 29, won 18, drawn 6, lost 5, goal difference of plus 20, 60 points. Note that second place, Stevenage, drew with Sutton yesterday. They are now four points behind us with two games in hand. Carlisle surprisingly lost at home to Harrogate to a terrible own goal. Terrible own goal, but one that we are very lucky. Grateful uh, for. Uh, grateful for. <laughs> Northampton in fourth place, drew with Walsall. So currently the gap to fourth is 10 points. Northampton do have a game in hand, but have hit a bit of a blip themselves. So mm. great day um, for Orient in terms of results, results at the top yeah. of League Two. So Bearded Lejande, your views on yesterday? Finally got a game to uh, a game that we've won to to review. Wasn't sure about the starting lineup, but they did well. Uh, they really did do well, and the subs were good too. Um, I thought they came on and, and, and did very well. Ruel and Aaron Dryland definitely worked. Their work rate was tremendous. Yeah. They definitely closed things down. They were doing the hard, the ugly things really, really well. Performance was much better from the start. Higher intensity, imposing our style. We weren't lowering ourselves to theirs, as, as Richie says at the beginning part of his interview, which is which is on the club's Twitter channel. I don't think it's on YouTube yet. But um, yeah, I mean, he, he, he alludes to that as well. For me, a couple of, uh, two or three standouts really. Idris, seeing him back to how he... Uh, was at the beginning of the season I mean Ed Turns I, I, I complained about him in my pre-match review uh, but he was absolutely outstanding today he marshalled uh, w- along with Omar Beckles who I'm sure was helping him uh, along the way uh, superbly uh, Jaden Sweeney special shout for him not seen a lot of him but what we have seen has been absolute pure quality yep. uh, for me uh, I thought it was Monker's best game Monco's best game in a while, made himself available, looked dangerous, wanted the ball, looked fitter, sharper, stronger, uh, and that goal was just absolutely brilliant. Um, Thompson, Adam Thompson, when he came in, solid. Like, you know you're getting a good seven or seven and a half or even an eight with Adam Thompson yeah. for me. Um, amazing that he was positioned well enough to head off the line uh, to stop them getting that goal. Drinnen, uh, chased everything down, like I said, with with Rua as well. Hope Theo isn't hurt too badly after colliding with the advertising boards. He was um, doing using Wimbledon's tactics against them. Uh, they didn't like that. And for me, I love that about <laughs> Theo. Brilliant role. He played that extremely well today. Uh, very, very good. Wimbledon, an awful side to watch. I could not stomach watching that as a Wimbledon fan week in, week out. If that's how you play, feigning head injuries and, and, and all this sort of nonsense. Um, I wonder what they're actually like. If they're actually any good at playing football, um, to be honest with you. Um, the most important thing to come out of yesterday was that there are three points. And it gives us now something to build on. We've got Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday for the next couple of weeks now. So the games are going to come thick and fast. The injuries that we've got to the squad means that, unfortunately, those players like Jamie McCart's going to be out for 10 days. It means he misses about three or four games in that time. That's the only shame of it where it could have happened a couple of weeks ago where it's every, every Saturday that we'd be playing. So, yeah, look, overall, no complaints. It wasn't the standard that we've seen and know that we can get to but that's fine because it's about winning getting three points we've kept a clean sheet move on yeah nicely done you? yeah I thought that was much better all round from the first minute there was more attacking intent and intensity we defended really well looked like a good team uh, which in turn like we said makes the crowd loud it was a pleasure to be in the South Stand yeah. yesterday it was really good different great songs, songs as well different songs yeah. mixing it up as well yeah absolutely I was concerned 
Uh, like I said about Sweeney and Turns, I thought Turns was excellent yesterday. I've not been Turns' biggest fan, I think it's fair to say, since he came to the club. I thought yesterday he didn't put a foot wrong against a big, horrible, physical team like yeah. your Pels and your Davisons. Um, I thought Turns done really well. Credit to Beckles, because I think having Beckles alongside Turns makes Turns a better defender. Yeah, so you've seen Turns alongside McCart, alongside Thompson, Beckles just seemed to measure him measure sure and whatever Beckles was doing was a captain's performance on next to him I thought Sweeney like you said was excellent I thought he was really good it'd be interesting to see if he lines up on Tuesday I expect Sweeney probably gets another chance on Tuesday obviously only played 52 minutes was only taken off because of his booking if probably, Hunt's injured yeah. I'd expect Sweeney to play I thought Elmiers was back to his best dropping deep to get the ball playing the right balls the right passes controlling the play he's not been doing that for the last couple of weeks thought he dominated from the depths of midfield Monker like you said great finish hopefully this is the springboard uh, for Monker the rest mm. of the season he scored some decent goals early on as had a quiet last 5 or 10 games this was mm. the one hopefully like you said good footwork on his day there's not a better player in League 2 than George Monker mm. but he needs to be on his day more um, for me it felt like the Bromley match going back to the National League Horrible team to play against, a bit of a pressure environment, large away crowd, large crowd at Brisbane Road, difficult game, horrible team to play against, but our quality shone through in the end. We we are just a better team than AFC Wimbledon, yeah. right, for all intents and purposes. And yeah, delighted with those three points. And all of a sudden, sun is shining again, everyone's happy, everyone's positive. That was probably the loudest I've heard Brisbane Road yeah. this season in the last 10 minutes, especially yeah. at the full-time whistle. And at the full time whistle, it felt like a big, big win. You felt like this, like I said, the sense of relief when that goal went in and when that full time whistle went. And everyone's happy again. Well, may that continue. Mm, absolutely. Amen to that. So, naturally, we had an awful lot of feedback that came in to our social media accounts after this match. So, thanks to everybody who tweeted us. And again, we'll try and read out as many as we can. And just because we read them, it doesn't mean that we agree with them. Quite a lot of wide and varied views. So uh, Tommy Atkinson, six kicks us off this week. He says, don't care how we did it. We started winning again. Good for Moncur too. And we appeared to attack more. More shots, more shots on target, etc. We're not back to our best, but we're making progress. Another positive, second, third and fourth, all drop points. Good points there. Orient meets Pius said that was a really hard work in second half. Good finish from Moncur, but Thompson was brilliant when he came on. And he saved the game for us. Mm. Funny how they stopped rolling around and holding their face and yeah. chasing the game. Well is done, O's. Exactly, which is why we, if we'd have got a nice early goal, we wouldn't yeah. have seen any of that. Richie J. Bourne kept it simple. He said, we needed that. Great result, great work rate, which had been lacking a bit during the poor run. So how imp- so important now to build on this. Casey Adams, LOFC. We should have actually highlighted Casey. He's not well as well. He's got sepsis in hospital. So Casey, oh, yeah. hope you're feeling better, mate. You well. What a win. Stevenage, Northampton and Carlisle all dropping points. And if anything was going to make the painies, it was that. So wishing you better, Casey. Absolutely. Uh, Wrecker Blue App said, "Not a great game, but a win we desperately needed and probably deserved on the balance of play." I didn't think Wimbledon offered much and thought Beckles was class today. Sadly, looks a decent signing. And with the other results, it's a good day for LOFC. Trust the process. Dan Orton two five nine zero says, "I don't care how we did it. We had a must-win game and won it." The difference is that it was obvious from the off that we wanted it more than previous weeks and we battled yeah. for everything. And Monco produced that one bit of magic 
we know he's capable of. Now to build on it. That's exactly right. We wanted it more than in previous And you could weeks. sense that in the stands, which is why you had the ripple effect of the crowd didn't get behind the team. Yeah, absolutely right. Painting Orient said, Elm is back with a vengeance and a makeshift Orient showed steel and cohesion. It's a great day for football when Moncur's magic overcomes the dark arts of hell. <laughs> Good tweet there. East 1975. It's a great win under a lot of pressure. Three points was all that mattered today. The goals will come. We just need a settled lineup and some injured players back like Smith. Two away games next week, then two home games in the following week. Time to rack up some points. Ryan Peanut said, turning point moment. Monker had me angry for weeks, but turned up when we needed him most. Now build on it. Yeah, Dave Nels said, thought we showed more fight than we have in a long time. Elm is superb driving forwards, and the south stand was rocking in the second half. Orient was, yeah. Yeah, Orient underscore Ed said, what an improvement. We handled Wimbledon's tactics brilliantly and did not get suckered in. I thought Turns, Beckles and Moncur were very good, but Elmiz was excellent. Overall, though, a great team performance. Here's hoping we're back on track. One Adam Conway said, man of the match was Thompson, saved a certain goal and brought stability when we needed it. Drynan must start, desperately needed a physical presence up front. That's a good point. So, you know, Kelman didn't have a sniff, I think it's fair to say, yesterday. Didn't really have an obvious chance where you go, well, he should have buried that. However, no. Drana's work rate in closing down and winning the ball back and driving us up the pitch quicker probably gives him a very good shout to at least start at least one game next week. And I've also thought Satiru done really well as well when he came on. For me, Ruel is a stronger impact sub than he is a starting starting striker. Len Chin Chin Wan said, a determined effort and should restore some confidence to the players. I thought sadly are impressed, but a big effort from everyone. Yet another clean sheet. Do not think we had a rub of the green from the officials, but had more shots on goal. Next on to Crew. Just also on Ruel, he did have a good opportunity to score. And he went for decent, uh, but their keeper managed to save it. It, it. It came onto him and he just sort of cushioned it. Uh, round uh, to try and get in the top corner, but um, easy save, come off. Yeah. easy save. Yeah, good point about the clean sheet. I believe that was Orient's 18th clean sheet of the season, and it's either the eighth or ninth clean sheet in a row at home. I think we broke the record against Donny, and I'm sure that's the ninth clean sheet at home in a row. So I think it's a, an unreal amount of minutes now. We haven't conceded a goal at home. I think there's a tweet later about it, um, which is amazing. E10 Newman. Said, thought we deserved that about today. Beckles and turns immense. I hope the Wombles took their rubbish home. <laughs> Lovely stuff. Steve Chaplin Four said, we got, thankfully we got the break today. Wimbledon were up for their normal tricks and were particularly one-dimensional. Not a great game, but a win's a win. We carry on. Yeah. Apostolos Andre Nine said, Wimbledon got through and goal too easily and too often. However, mm. I'm grateful for the win. Pleased to see Moncur last the full 90 minutes and score a cracking goal. Some good points in that too. Yeah, Willow Gaffer said, win is all that mattered. Not at our best, but we did look to play forward and be more positive. Could be the start of a good week as results went went with us today. Dronan has to start ahead of Kelman. More of a threat. Lawton Gamps are not sensational, but rode our luck at times. What a massive win though. Real team performance to restore momentum and positivity. With other results going our way, another three points that crew on Tuesday could be pivotal. Yeah, Paul underscore LT2P said, first things first, it was great to see us give them a taste of their own medicine with the game management. Some big performances of Mon- and if Monks can play like that for the rest of the season, we'll be fine. The new guys put in a shift. Uh, we need to keep it going. Gary Talbot 7 said, when he came to us, Moncur looked like a coup. Hope the weight and stamina issue has been resolved. Vital player in the running. Just need a more settled 11 and please get Drynan in for Kelman. M8XYL said, huge win. Another three 
three points closer to our goal. The confidence boost into the next run of games. By the end of Feb, this blip could have been forgotten. Turns, Beckles, sadly, out were class today. Harry Pell going to be blocking a few Orient fans on Twitter tonight, though. Life <laughs> is good. LDP King. So that result was all about uh, me after weeks of trying to get our fans in the South Stand, chanting Richie Wellens, Runaway Army. It finally happened. Create an atmosphere. <laughs> And unity to get us over the line to victory up the O's. Nothing like a bit of a self-plug there. Absolutely. Doyle underscore Hooper said, El Miz was everywhere today. Looked back to looked back to his best. Sweeney did well against Biller in the air. Thompson and Clay were quality when they came on. Both great pros who got stuck in. Happy for Moncur to get the goal. 90 minutes would have done him the world of good. Roll on crew. That's also a good point. It's his first 90 minutes for us. Absolutely. Well, I had that been in the last couple of weeks. He comes off 55 minutes, so he's yeah. not on the pitch to score the goal that he eventually gets. So, yeah. good points there. Simon underscore J underscore Mills looked short of confidence at times, but Elm is superb. Dragged the team forward and linked up really well with Moncur. Felt very similar to Doncaster. But about the parakeets, massive win. Or the monsoon uh, rain. Ben Whitlock said, turns massively matured over a few weeks. Got to grips with Wimbledon's dirty tactics and I thought Idris was everywhere and first all the loose balls. Like the look of Sadlier in the first half, faced uh, faded in the second. But Thompson deserves man of the match just for that headed clearance to keep us one up. Yeah, Matthew 81402115 said, the most pleasing aspect of the game was the players not rising to the antics of the opponents. Pell Spent more time on the floor than on his feet. Good win to stop the rot and get us back on track. George Moncur's best game in an Orient shirt. Yeah, real Terry Stoker tweeted in and said, you could feel the relief when around the ground when Moncur's goal uh, when Moncur's goal went in today. I thought the fans were excellent and a special mention to Sweeney. I thought he had a great game and nice to see Monks get a full 90. It feels like we turned the corner today. Essex Biz, so what a fantastic workmanlike performance from start to finish. Hard work, guts, determination and some good football. Fantastic support from the fans. Look what can be achieved when everyone is together. The only way to success is all of the above. Have a great weekend. Orion underscore 36. Got away with some luck in the second half, but overall thought we deserved the win more than they did. A lot happier with the way we tried to play compared to recent weeks. I thought we stuck to our own star more. Yeah, Zilla Chum, 89, so conspiracy theory time. Did Wellens allow the team's form to drop in January so we didn't lose our top players? Now in February, with the team intact, we back to winning ways. Another Wellens transfer masterclass. We are going up. Charlie underscore Paul, one of our other sponsors, said, Great hard-fought win. Moncur was rightly man of the match, in my opinion, but a huge shout-out to Turnsdale, Miz, Sweeney and Sadlia, who were all excellent. Subs were spot on on to Tuesday. Yeah, run and ref with GC. It's a great result. Up there with the wins at Barrow and Stockport as the biggest results of the season. Please for Moncur. Hopefully he will turn into another Paul Smith now and become a fan's favourite. Adam Thompson, what a fantastic professional. Mm. Never sulks and never lets us down. Same in. Absolutely. You could say the same for Craig Clay because he'd probably argue, look, I've been here a few years now, like, I think I've earned the right to, to do that, but he doesn't. He comes on and he yeah. was very effective yesterday. Penultimate word on this is JV Walton 87 which I think is a, a new Twitter handle to me. So welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast. Subs got us over the line. One part, one point into three, turned one point into three. Clay and... Adam Thompson. Um, Adam Thompson completely nullified their only outlet. Long ball to Pell. Shame he was on the floor when they played it. 
Drinnen and Ruel's craft and energy was the last thing their centre-backs wanted to see at that stage. Can only improve here on. Yeah, good point. Final word this week goes to Ross McCaff, who said, think of all the people to score. To symbolise that we've turned the corner, it would be George Monker. A massive sigh of relief and clearly incredible support. Supporting Orient takes years off your life, but days like today make it worthwhile. Yeah, so do you agree or disagree with any of the tweets we've read out? Let us know what you think. You can tweet us at Orient Outlook. If you're not on social media, that's fine. We've got an email address. You can email us. We're orientoutlook at outlook.com. If you're on Facebook, just search for us. We're Orient Outlook Podcast, three separate words. Or on Instagram, we're Orient underscore Outlook underscore Podcast. Yeah, worth noting that all those tweets came into us at Orient Outlook. So for any first-time listeners who are going, why are they going through Twitter and picking up random tweets? They were all one that come in to us at the full-time whistle, which is an amazing uh, privilege to have. So moving on into the town and country Harlow prediction league update. So covering London, Essex and Hertfordshire, town and country Harlow estate agents are run by Orient season ticket holders and fellow fans and along with the podcast have already helped lots of you move home and the best bit is they offer all those fans and staff a discount from their already competitive Fees. So if you're thinking of selling your property, I'm just curious as to its value. You can save yourself a few hundred quid, keep it in your own family. There are two numbers that you can call them on. The first up is 01279 883444. Secondly, 07528 471497. And if you're on Twitter, you can contact the team. They can be found at T&C Harlow. We include them on every Prediction League tweet that we send out. And you can also find Charlie, who works there, Charlie underscore Paul, also, we just mentioned one of his tweets previously. So, great estate agents. Get yourselves involved if you are thinking of doing anything with your property. Absolutely. So, great many number of people correctly predicted 1-0 yesterday. You know who you are, so huge props to you. But an extra special mention to Big TB 47 who correctly predicted 1-0, but also the scorer as George Monker. So, you get four points. That fantastic well done there so that means the top of the prediction league is as follows yeah so it's getting close at the top now so 30 points at top is still that tall O's fan although he's not got a prediction right in a couple of weeks 26 points in second place now is O's fan basing who is on a roll and gaining uh, on the leader third place is 23 points LOFC underscore Dan who also got the prediction right yesterday and 22 points David Landau 17. You can find the entire Prediction League table on our Facebook page. And once again, thank you for all of your predictions. We get so many in on a match day. It's turning into a very competitive league. So good luck to you with your predictions. Yeah, after the match, Chairman Nigel Travis and CEO Mark Devlin held a Q&A with supporters in the Legends Lounge. And although we couldn't be there, we have managed to get an update from Mark at very late notice who shared with us what we discussed, yeah. what was discussed, sorry. All right, let's do a point each and go through it. Yeah. So first up, why didn't we bring in a striker during the transfer window? Mark said our response was that Richie Wellens wasn't looking to bring in a striker but wanted more focus on service to the forwards, which we believe we have done. Yeah, Nigel was asked if the board is truly ambitious. The answer to that is yes, and in addition to playing at a higher level, we want to make sure the club is run on a sustainable basis and is around for years to come. Yeah, there were also questions relating to the academy. Were we committed to supporting it? And the answer was yes, we are fully committed to improving our academy and developing a young players. Yeah, what were our plans for the East End was also asked. Thoughts about a new stadium? Can we look at reintroducing cash at some of the catering kiosks? 
and what's happening with the pitch. Have we thought about sharing the stadium with Wasps Rugby? Uh, could we look at installing a scoreboard? So those were all questions that were also posed. We talked about looking for a new training ground and one fan mentioned that supporters might be interested in supporting that financially. Yeah, and to finish, Nigel also mentioned that the cost of running a football club has risen sharply and that prices would need to increase next season so start saving for your season start tickets. saving especially if we're in league one i'd imagine they'd be going up anyway hopefully we are in league one so mark thank you for the update we asked for that very late when we were looking and we hadn't seen anything on that on social media so uh happy to bring an update on that so thank you to mark for, for sending over that update very uh very good very detailed so yeah sorry we couldn't be there and um good roundup yeah thank you much appreciated also I'd like to give a special mention to the media team uh, at the club for that tremendous harry pell post match statistic uh stat tweet that they put out um Prior to the game, the club had put out some legitimate stats and Harry Pell, uh, grammatically incorrect, is terribly, his spelling was atrocious in that tweet, but he was calling out the club saying, if you're going to do it, at least make sure the stats are right. So uh, Luke and the team re-ran the stats and I still think he got the stats wrong for how many times he fell over. I think he did him a bit of, bit of credit there, Luke. Um, but yeah, brilliant tweet. Um, and it got quite a lot of engagement from former colleagues and players um, in there that were just laughing at, at, at the, the fact that we bleep housed him ha. Uh, back. So all good. All good. So let's move on to today. And as we record Sunday, the 5th of February, the ladies were in action yes. against Harringay Borough in a friendly, won the game 3-0 thanks to the goals from Hunt, Warsfold and Taylor Newsham. So well done, ladies. And at one hour... 8 minutes 33 seconds let's wrap up this bad boy so fantasy football update James Denman is top of the Orient Outlook podcast fantasy football league he's got 1411 points he's 8 points ahead of Patrick Timms in 2nd place I'm in 209th place out of 355 players a week it's still got a few games left in it so please keep checking on fantasypremier.com to see where you are in our fantasy uh, football league. Yeah, which then leads us on nicely to the positives and negatives this week. So we've got several positives and just the one negative. So first positive is that we won. Much better performance from us overall. Still obviously not necessarily at the levels that we're used to, but nonetheless, a win is a win. We also kept a clean sheet and a record-breaking clean sheet as well. 18 clean sheets in In 29 29 league games. It's unheard of. The way he's going, he's going looking at 26, 27, essentially. Bonkers. Yeah, it's unbelievable. I think the record is 24, and Dean Brill broke it when we won the National League, and Brill holds it. So there's a challenge to Viggs. Brill definitely broke the record National League just. I think it's 24. If Brillo still listens, I don't think he does. If Brillo still listens, it'd be interesting to see. I'm sure it's 24 and it's held by Brill. Okay. Because he broke it when we won the National League. But is that EFL or is that just... I just think it's Orient in a season. Oh, or, right, okay. In a league, in a, in a, in a, in a league season, season campaign. Yeah, fine, fair, okay. Uh, also, yes, those atmosphere was brilliant as well. Lots of singing, lots of chanting, lots of just noise generally. It was brilliant. Yeah, and I think Luke has put a tweet out to fans today about what songs can be sung after Tijuana to get the crowd singing like they do at Sheffield Wednesday yeah. with Hi-Ho Silver Lining. Lots of feedback Hi-ho, late and coming yeah. through on that one. So two more positives from me. Ten points clear of fourth place. So... Amazing. Northampton have a game in hand, but they're not necessarily going to win that game in hand. Stephen is no. just two games in hand, but need to win both to go above us. Yep. So even if they win and draw, they won't be above us. Yeah. And lastly, and it will always be the last positive of every episode while we're there, hopefully for all the seasons to come, we are top 
of the league. Sit proudly in first place in League 2. Only one negative this week, that is the current injury list to the squad. Obviously, Happy is out long-term and we miss him. Obviously, now Prattley is out, McCart is out, Archibald hopefully is okay, as Rishi said, and hopefully Hunt is okay as well. So, lovely to see the positives outweighing the negatives this week. Uh, by plenty, yeah. Town and Country, Harlow's Hero of the Week. We put this one to Twitter, and although there could have been several more nominees, we nominated the following four players, because that's what Twitter restricts us to in our poll. So, first up was Omar Beckles, then we nominated Idris El Mazzoudi, George Moncur, and Ed Turns. And after 360 votes... Yeah, so I guess it's fair to say, Beckles, only 10%. Uh, Idris on 27. Well, the top three were quite close, I'd reckon. So we had third place, uh, Idris, 27%. He could have been here of the week. He had a fantastic game. Lots yep. of tweets about him. Just missing out, 29%, who was the club sponsor's man of the match. It was George Monker at 29%. And the winner, with 34% of the vote, is... Young Ed Turner. Well, well done, Ed. Ed. I think we got a shout-out. Jaden Sweeney. Yeah, had a fantastic game. Adam Thompson, Thompson, who came up in a lot of tweets well, uh, as well. So, yeah, really fantastic to see. But well done, Ed Turns. I don't think, sitting here this time last week, that the forthcoming week, our hero of the week, would be Ed Turns. No, at home two to o'clock yesterday afternoon, I didn't think he yeah, would be Yeah, absolutely. So Fair play. It just shows you, never judge. Never judge. Never judge. So, next week's fixtures. February sees a lot of games in a short space of time. And our first... First week, really, of Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday fixtures in what feels like quite a while. Yeah. First up, this coming Tuesday, the 7th of Feb, we've got our rearranged fixture, which is away at Crewe, we lost, who lost at home 3-0 three three at home to Grimsby on Saturday. They're currently 18th in League 2. They've won one of their last six, drawn three and lost two, so arguably probably a good time to be playing them. Um, then on Saturday the 10th of February we're on the road again we're at Walsall they drew 0-0 away to Northampton on Saturday they're 13th in League 2 although their current form 1-2 drawn 2 lost 2 actually says a little bit more about them because they're actually in a pretty decent run of form they don't concede many goals if you go into that one or uh, crew have a safe journey sing and stand up for your own. don't forget to tweet us pre during or post-match. And before we leave you this one, don't forget to get in touch with John and their fantastic team of experienced florists ahead of Valentine's Day. So get in ahead of the curve, ladies and gents. Give them a call on 0208 529 4130 or get in contact with the team on Twitter, Carol Langley for or Essex Instagram, Carol Langley Florist and at Facebook, Carol Langley Florist. Do not miss Valentine's Day. Do not put yourself in the doghouse because yeah. we are playing Rochdale on Valentine's Day and you don't want to be banned from going to the football because you have put uh, yourself in that doghouse where we have all been many times before. So well put. So well put. So, unless you're bringing your partner to the game. So, that's it. Yeah, let's go out for dinner. Oh, Leighton Orient are at home. We've got a little uh, cheeky, uh, cheeky oh, dinner at the club. Yeah. So, that is it. Thank you very much indeed for joining us. This has been episode number 309. We're now into February and after a questionable January transfer window for some and with pressure on the team for a win to regain momentum, we saw a much better and committed performance in a noisy Brisbane road as the O's beat AFC Wimbledon 1-0 to register our first three points in a while, leaving most O's fans in a much better mood than the last few weeks. We've got a busy seven days now ahead of us and with two difficult away trips, it could be a week which makes or breaks League Two our League 2 winning aspirations. So hopefully this time next week, 
We'll be talking about another two wins and bring in another Positive Orient Outlook podcast. Hope so. So if you're listening on iTunes, you can review uh, the show and rate a comment. Hopefully give us a five star. You can also uh, rate the show on Spotify. And if you're listening on SoundCloud, tune in to this show. You can add us to your favourites and that way you'll have all the podcasts as soon as they're uploaded. You can also listen to this podcast on all smart speakers and you can also listen via FanHub. So if you're on FanHub, you can go and find us there as well. And if you have an older relative, a loved one or an orange chum who you're in the car with on the way to Crew or Warsaw or on the train, grab their phone, download this for them and pass the pod. So we'll be back. Episode 310. Powering through the reasons. Powering through them. 310 next week with all the information and views that you could ever need. And we look forward to hearing from you. And as always, keep calm, stay safe, have a great week, and listen to the Orient Outlook podcast. Up the O's.